Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. In the spring of 1790, a deadly wave of influenza was spreading through the newly formed United States. And one person who got infected was George Washington. His flu infection quickly developed into pneumonia, and his doctors feared the worst. It was barely one year into the first presidency of the country's history. Washington recovered, but it was an early reminder that presidents are, of course, human beings, and they are just as susceptible to illness as anyone else. Since President Trump's arrival into the hospital, his medical team has struggled to balance patient privacy with the public's demand to know if the president's ability to serve may be compromised. So today, we're going to look at some of the medical issues that sitting presidents have faced in the past. We're also going to look at the long history of presidential administrations hiding the true state of a president's health from the public. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus fiction. Traditionally, White Houses are reluctant to share complete information about the state of the president's health. I think that the history of medical information from the White House is a history of incomplete and at times false information. Tim Naftali is a clinical associate professor of history and public service at NYU. He's also a CNN presidential historian. I'm going to be turning things over to Tim for today's episode. We're going to start off by looking at the presidency of Woodrow Wilson. He was in office during the 1918 flu pandemic, and there is evidence that he may have caught it himself. We don't know for sure because he wasn't tested, but we do know from his doctor's notes that he was feverish for four days when he was at the Paris Peace Conference, that uh, his Fever spiked at 103, and that he felt quite weak afterwards. Three weeks after that feverish period, he suffered a mini stroke. And then six months after that, he suffered a massive stroke in October of 1919, when he was paralyzed permanently on the left side from then on. His doctors did not explain what was happening to the public. The severity of the stroke was hidden And indeed, for the last 17 months of his term, he was largely incapacitated and the government was supervised by the First Lady, Edith Wilson. And that wasn't publicly known at all. In terms of presidential disability, the Constitution was written in such an ambiguous way that there was no way to push the First Lady or the disabled president to allow the vice president to take over. There just was no way to do it. Vice presidents have been very, very reluctant to step in where they're not invited. Stricken at the Lafayette Street home of Mrs. Eisenhower's mother, the president was helped into a car in the early morning hours, rushed along the street to the Fitzsimmons Army Hospital, 
and placed in an oxygen tent in an eighth floor suite. Richard Nixon, who was then vice president, was very reluctant to uh, flex any governmental muscle after President Eisenhower suffered a major heart attack in 1955. Uh, the vice president did not want to send a signal that he was itching for a coup. Leading the churchgoers in Washington was Vice President Nixon, facing grave new burdens in the fateful days ahead, pledging a continuance of Ike's program. It would take Eisenhower's illnesses and Kennedy's assassination for Congress to push for there to be a constitutional system to transfer power. If the president became permanently disabled, unable to continue his or someday her duties. And that's how we get the 25th Amendment, which is ratified in 1967. At the White House, a vital piece of legislation reaches President Johnson's desk. It's the 25th Constitutional Amendment, providing for the replacement of any disabled president or the filling of any vice presidential vacancy. The, president... the 25th Amendment set out how a president in the event of illness could voluntarily transfer his powers to the vice president. And in that very rare instance where the president was seriously disabled, but unwilling or unable to voluntarily transfer power, the 25th Amendment set out the very complicated way in which the cabinet could, in a sense, force the transfer of power temporarily to the vice president. The 25th Amendment was invoked twice by President George W. Bush, each time when he underwent a colonoscopy in 2002 and five years later in 2007. I'm the first president to have done so under this type of, uh, of uh, procedure and or physical examination. I did so because we're at war. And I just want to you know, be super, you know, super cautious. Presidents, like the leaders of most countries, do not like to share signs of physical or other weakness. A chronic illness suggests weakness. It's something that could be hinted at or even discussed directly by a political opponent. It is also possibly something that could be exploited by a foreign adversary. FDR was a wartime president. JFK was a Cold War president. Indeed, in both cases, the president's chronic illnesses were not revealed to the public. In fact, in Kennedy's case, they were actively denied. President Kennedy talked about vigor. He pushed the idea of vigor all the time. There has been less emphasis on national vigor, national vitality, physical well-being than there has been in many other countries of the world. I want to do better, and I think you want to do better. And I would, would argue that, that his pushing on this button was a reflection of his knowledge that he didn't always show vigor. He had chronic conditions associated with his Addison's disease, which is an adrenal gland insufficiency, and perhaps malaria that he picked up in the South Pacific. And in addition, he had some muscular back issues. So these were the chronic conditions that he brought to the Oval Office. It took away from the sign of youth, the sense of, of, of vitality and youth that John F. Kennedy brought to the White House, or at least wanted to appear to bring to the White House. 
This is preeminently the time to speak the truth, the whole truth, frankly and boldly. Nor need we shrink from honestly facing conditions in our country today. FDR is a special case in terms of medical misinformation because FDR wanted to do what seemed impossible, which was to become president despite having suffered polio, despite being unable to walk without the help of crutches or a strong arm or stiff leg braces. Now, as it turns out, not being able to walk did not affect at all his ability to be a brilliant president. But the public didn't know that. Franklin Roosevelt did not want to share with the American people the extent to which he wasn't able-bodied. Franklin Roosevelt had enablers. Franklin Roosevelt was assisted by photographers who did not photograph him in a wheelchair. Franklin Roosevelt was assisted by aides and, and his medical team. Journalists of the time knew full well that he, he couldn't walk. They always interviewed him either in a car or behind a desk. Sometimes they saw him in a wheelchair, but they didn't write about that. And when his heart began to fail, he was running for re-election for an unprecedented fourth term at a time when his doctors knew he probably had only a year or two to live. But, but you already had a tradition of not fully sharing the extent to which the man was not as well as the image would have made you assume. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This nation has suffered this day a staggering loss. At this moment at Warm Springs, Georgia, President Franklin D. Roosevelt lies with the problems of of the nation finally lifted from his shoulders, stricken late this afternoon with cerebral hemorrhage. He passed away before his physician... It's understandable. It's, It's regrettable, but understandable why the commander-in-chief, leader of the free world, would not want this country, let alone the rest of the world, to know the extent of any weakness. Now, we can say we understand that. That doesn't mean it's right. In fact, it benefits the country and the world to know precisely how well the president is. If the president, for political reasons, tries to hide the extent of his illness or the fact that his recovery is not going as hoped, that undermines the ability of the country to send a signal that all is functioning, that the United States, regardless of the health of the chief executive, is open for business and is prepared to defend its national interests. Don't tread on me, if you will, during a time of presidential illness. These are difficult decisions to make, and one hopes they don't have to be made. Tim Naftali is CNN's presidential historian. President Trump has now been discharged from the hospital, and we do hope his condition will continue to improve. But his illness is a reminder that privilege and power cannot necessarily protect you from this virus. Instead, we need to take precautions like wearing a mask, avoiding crowds, and washing hands to stop the spread of COVID-19. And that's true for every American. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. 
quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.